Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast, coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. Are we usually late? Huh? Late as Kavon usual. Says I don't think we're, we're usually late. It's six minutes, guys. Okay, we'll be yeah. all right. It's kind of a full schedule here at CHGO, but I, I, late as usual. We run a tight, tight ship. I don't like as usual. I don't think we're, we're late as usual. It's all right. It's hey, it's easy going. Three th- maybe we make the new show time three thirty ish. Yeah, three thirty ish. All right, we're here. Don't worry. Kavon's uh, got no. Kavon's got shit to do. Three thirty so. or thereabouts. Hey, put it on one point two five speed. Um. All right. So. Normal crew is here, six minutes late. I'm Sean Anderson. That's Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. He's got a brand new piece up at allchgo.com. The man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Today, we're going to be talking about Yasmani Grandal, and we're going to be giving out some uh, report cards. I gave the grades. I'll be completely... Uh, you know, transparent. Here. Yeah, I'll be yeah. transparent. So even though all our faces are going to be on the right. lovely, lovely graphic, it's these are Sean's grades. I hope it leads we'll to. We'll probably some... agree with you. We'll oh. see. Well, that won't be fun. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, argue. See these. Grades. All right, he wants us to disagree with us. Yes, so I want you to be Herb angry. Oh. All of a sudden, you are really high on Yasmani Grandal's 2023 uh, season. It's my man. He gave me the knee brace. <laughs> it's gonna be a fun time. Um, so we're gonna talk about that. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the other catchers, right? So I didn't give report cards to Corey Lee's five hits. Um, I didn't give uh, any report card out to Carlos Perez's ten hits. Uh, Sebi Zavala, he's getting an A because he's on the Diamondbacks. He's in NLCS. <laughs> and uh, and uh, NLC Sebi. <laughs> it's a, he's got a nice ring to it. Uh, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, maybe the next catcher for the White Sox, Edgar Caro. So we'll talk... Uh, Talking catchers. I don't know today. if he'll be the next catcher. He's a next catcher. One certainly. of the next catchers. <laughs> uh, what if he just plays 162 games though? At never age gives 21. Yeah, never lets up. <laughs> never gives up, and and just never just lets jumps, go of that position. Jumps triple A completely. It'd be, be great. I mean, Yogi Berra probably did that for the Yankees. Um, all right, let's jump into Yasmani Grandal. Let's quit uh, hemming and hawing. Uh, what'd you make a 2023 Yasmani Grandal? Because we had a lot of fun. Yeah. In the offseason talking about his hockey training and he was better than 2022 i mean <laughs> better than the worst year he's had in a while is i guess a compliment but he was hella terrible in 22 and 23 he improved but really didn't because his walk rate was really low that's the thing we love about yasmani grandal he gets on base and this year, he didn't get on base. I think his walk rate was below 9%, which is one of the lowest in his history. Uh, uh, uh. Wow. Well, Baseball damn. reference is boogieing down all of a sudden. That's good jamming. The Chevy Silverado is uh, is lighting up here. We've got a Ray <laughs> Chevy read later on. We do. Truck or treat. Start hey. playing that. <laughs> and so I would on in. think like this last year, what he did, he tried to get as healthy as he can as he was at – uh, the Blackhawks facility and our Blackhawks guys said he was there early lifting, getting his body right the whole time. So he's dedicated to getting healthy and having one last season for the White Sox. As I state with all these guys, one last big time paycheck. He wants a big time contract. So if he had that season that he had in 21 this year, 
he would have set himself up with either somebody on the White Sox saying, you know what, let's just keep on getting with Yasmani and let's give him another deal, or some other team just be like, okay, he's still got juice in him. Now with this another disappointing season, which I believe that he tried to do everything in his power to avoid, it just wasn't there. And sometimes you're just done. The body's telling you that you don't have it enough to be the starting catcher for any major league team. Will he get a contract from somebody else? Of course, because that power could show up some sometime for some other team. And if he's a part-time player, God bless. He can uh, do some damage with the bat. And if his eye gets back with walking, but this year in 2023, Yasmani Grandal for me wasn't it. I don't even know what grade you gave him, but if it's anything less than or higher than a D, I can't I can't abide by it, Sean. Cannot. Yeah, I mean, here I am trying to look up, uh, you know, a nice OPS plus number, and I'm getting the Chevy, Chevy Silverado song. So that's <laughs> I, I've got what no number. Stats. Do you need? I've got no stats for you. Sean's got plenty. Seventy-seven. Though, so, yeah, see, that's bad. Um, no, Yasmani Grandal was not productive this year no. by by his uh, evaluation at the end of the season, which I think was correct. He was he was relatively healthy for him, right? And I think that that certainly is a win, right? Best abilities, availability. He yeah. stayed on the field, and and he was not always available, right? He was there were times where he had to rest, uh, you know, that he was scratched from lineups, starting lineups throughout the season. So he was not necessarily the pillar of health, but he did manage to stay on on the at the ready, I guess you can say. Um, but listen, he was not productive at all offensively um, from what, remember they signed, they, when you sign a guy to a four-year contract, you're signing him for as much. For, I, I know that there's this school of thought that it's like, just get something out of it and it's worth it kind of thing. You've said it before. You've yeah. said that you think that contract is worth it for what he was able to do. Mm-hmm. Come on. I, you're paying for four years of an all-star catcher and they got, they got, hardly any of it i think you're paying for the front end more than the back end i hear what you're saying i mean this is this was a the healthiest he's been during a full season in that contract right yeah so i'm talking 21 22 and 23 he played 118 games not all of them were at catcher he didn't hit at all as you just brought up there the defense has been subpar the last couple years anecdotally you know from an eyesight standpoint um yeah it it wasn't good and uh, i don't think that you're going to find if if this becomes a series this offseason where we go position by position, you're not going to find a lot of positions that were good just because the offensive numbers were so poor. Um, the I, I think at this point, now that that contract is over, you get to look back on the four years, and I think that's probably the conversation we're going to have more than just what happened just this season with Yaz. It really didn't come close to living up to what that contract was supposed to be. Part of that was out of their control. The first year of it was the the COVID season. And then, obviously, you're not expecting a guy to get injured. And he was injured significantly two years in a row, missed so much time. But... It, it, it just it just didn't come close, and for for that for that being the quote unquote finishing piece, right? I mean, before Benintendi, he was really the only position player that they had that they felt they needed to go get because they were happy with the young guys that they had that they had brought up through the minor leagues. Uh, it just didn't come anywhere close to being what it, what they thought it would be, what Yaz hoped it would be, and certainly what any fans hoped, uh, even bare minimum, expected it to be. The disrespect to Elvis Andres. They added Elvis Andres too. Okay. I mean, I mean, they, they, this young core, Robert, Jimenez, Anderson, et cetera, you also added Elvis Andres. I mean, that, that, I think that's the biggest thing is, like, it was Grandal and Benintendi, and that's really all they added to the core. Well, but I think they thought that that's all they needed to add. Well, and they were wrong. I, well, I mean, sure, but I guess the point is when you never address second base or right field. Well, I guess— Gavin Sheets was their right fielder in 2023. Well, but when they signed, when they signed Yasmani Grandal— they had Nick Madrigal, and you can laugh at that right now, but he was a number four draft pick. Yeah, but right? then how'd they replace Nick Madrigal? They traded away and then just said, they tried Elvis Andres, there you Cesar go. Cesar Hernandez, they said that would be our guy for the down, uh, the final stretch of 21. I, I'm not talking all the way up until 2023. I'm saying when that contract for Grandal was signed, it was signed because they didn't have a young guy at catcher that was on the level of Eloy and Robert and T.A. and Vaughn and, and Madrigal. And so that's why they went out and got yes. And they're like, all right, we've got all these other guys, Moncada, who I didn't mention. We've got all these other guys filling up the lineup everywhere else. They had a Abreu still at the time. We just need a catcher and we'll be golden. 
and they didn't have that catcher because of the injuries. And then in the end, because of a lack of production and a lack of ability to be behind the plate. But even then, it didn't hurt him in 2020 because he was still producing for them in the postseason. Like he was there in that, that, you know, end of the season. 2021, they won the division and he was a large part of that because when he played, he was like Barry Bonds. Um, It really only hurt them in 2022 and in 2023, I mean, a healthy Yasmani Grandal hitting 35 home runs is not going to save anything. Right. So, I mean, I don't know about saving things, but it's, man. Okay, so they win, what, 70 games because of Yasmani Grandal? Like, I mean. He hits, if somebody in this lineup other than Luis Robert hits 35 home runs. Jake Berger. On the team. Oh. Yeah, it helps tremendously, especially from catcher. That means he at least played, what, 35 home runs? What do you do in uh, 21? It's 23 and 90. So extrapolate that from 35. That means he probably played 140 games. And, yeah, we're getting some positivity from the catching position. I don't even know, as Vinny said, anecdotally, from my eyes, I saw a terrible catching position. And that cost the White Sox many more runs than it actually helped it. Like, who on that catching position helped offensively or defensively none and Yasmani Grandal was at the helm of that if he hits 35 home runs at least you could say at least power is going with it and we're good for that and he's helping us be a positive team there because you see all these teams now in the playoffs the ones that are winning all over the fence I guess my point is missed like yes Yasmani Grandal hitting 35 home runs would have been nice okay but like I guess that wasn't my point you I agree the the, the 2023 White Sox weren't were not savable by Yasmani Grandal I hear that is correct that is very correct and hey even then too again uh, what 90 he played the most games at catcher this year uh, 92 games at catcher uh, 80 in 2021 and 71 in 2022 Um, so again he did mention that he was uh healthy oh we got a different uh graphic it's not a piece of paper it's our new updated one from this year okay okay. courtesy of our friends in denver blame steven steven sent me the old one is she gonna flash it up there for the people to see it's on it's on loose leaf paper you're out steven you're out you're a hockey guy now steven your report card sucks hockey guy steven (laughs) all right so it, it's all of our, three of our faces, but this is, I put these grades here and then Herb can react. For Yasmani Grandal's 2023 season, uh, for offense, I gave him a D. For defense, I gave him a C. And overall, he got a D plus. And honestly, it's because he played 118 games. Because yeah. it's the most games he played in his White Sox career That's in a true. season. And after 2022, I'm pretty surprised. Because I think in 2022, all of those were Fs. And he was better than 2022. So that's why I gave him a better grade. I understand. But that's what, exactly what you just said. You're grading him on a curve because of the year before. I've graded him about this year oh. and what I expected from him or any t- player. Oh, I didn't expect the, anything from him. At that position. And so anything from this year for Yasmin Grandal and the C is generous as fuck, Sean, on the defense. So generous. His uh, defensive uh, grade on fan graphs was 1.7, a positive 1.7. Just because he's better than he was doesn't mean he's... He was good. worse than... 2021, he was 1.4. 2022, 4.1. 2023, 1.7. Yeah. 4.1 in 2022. That's, yeah, I mean, that's like... I don't I don't actually know how to equate that. I mean, his career highs are like in the 20s. Yeah, I, so, like, he used to be very good. Gotcha. I'm, as I always say, when he drops a ball or he botches a catch or a path, a, a wild pitch goes by that should have been a pass ball because he didn't move uh, to block the ball. He called the pitch and knows that this guy spikes his curveball, but we're not going to move laterally to block it. Whatever. Um, Fielding I, run I value was, also was negative one. First. Ferv, yeah. uh, which puts him uh, on the MLB percentiles as a, a round average, a little bit below average, uh, 42 percentile out of you know 50 being. Yeah, so I will say this. I think what we learned about Yasmani Grandal is that he is not the reason that so many people steal bases on the White Sox. No. Because my- even when he was not playing, that was a gigantic problem. And I think, I, I, I believe it was earlier in the, early in the season that he told us, you know, we were talking to him about that issue, and it was he, he very much laid out, hey, it's not just the catcher, it's the catcher and the pitcher. And as the season went on, it didn't matter who was behind the plate for the White Sox. And often it didn't matter who was on the mound because the, all these pitchers seemed to have this issue. But teams are just running all over them constantly. And I think it was very noticeable with certain guys like Michael Kopech, but it really applied to pitchers across the board. I think his offense was uh, nothing higher than a D-. minus. Um, defense, I would put it a D. And what was the other one? It was just overall. 
So D. 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 Herb's mad about that plus. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, hey, if you want to give him a lower defense, I, I if, really don't care. If you look not at, worse. Like, uh, I, D would be the most generous grade I can give Yasmani Grandel for this year. Probably F because he was just atrocious. I mean, yeah, the whole team was. I mean, that's basically, we can just, yeah. we can do this entire series. We can go position by position and just give everyone an F. Except center there's, field. There's Except some center people, yeah. field. There's some people who didn't, like, when we do Andrew Vaughn, I won't give him an F across the board. Man, he had some positivity. I don't know what's positive about Yasmani Grandal. Oh, nothing. Well, Except that, for you said he caught the most games in his White Sox tenure this year. Fine. Good. I think he tried to be out there, and he did that for to the best that a 34-year-old Yasmani Grandal could. Give the man props for, for working his ass off. We know he did right. that during the offseason, and he apparently continued to do so as he made it to the end of the season. And just to add, uh, StatCast also has these uh, catching uh, grades. Uh, blocks above average, he was a 61. Again, 50 would be average. Uh, caught stealing uh, a 2, uh, which is one of the worst in Major League Baseball. His framing was a 72, so that was still positive. Uh, and then his pop time was the worst in catching. So, I mean, like, couldn't throw anyone out. Um, also, no one can keep anyone on first base. Um, but, yeah, I mean... You 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 always seem to be more offended by the blocks and the balls that get away. I I don't know. I'm not a. I, I was a lefty. I wasn't. I was never catching. Catching yeah. was never my bag. I don't. I don't care. Catching's hard. It's really fucking hard. And so I'm not gonna act like it isn't. But there's so many times where I don't even know if it's just him where you see a ball that he called and you know this pitcher's a little erratic and it's gonna be bummer. It could be Kopech, etc. Where the ball is yes, not in the perfect place. But also, you're backhanding the ball. That's not fundamental. You're supposed to move your weight over in front of the ball, get your chest down so the ball just goes straight down to the ground. So many times, him, Sebi, et cetera, didn't do those type of things. And, yeah, he has knee problems, but you chose the profession. You chose the position you were at. And, and, you more, called, impor- and more importantly, the White Sox chose to put him back there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the contract, you called yeah. the pitch. So <laughs> you know what's coming. Get in front of that ball. And sometimes it just says lack of effort on the catcher to get in front of the ball. That's I don't need you to do like the hero stuff. You don't need to be JT Real Muto, also hit and field. Just be average at all that stuff. Average is fine. As somebody brought up earlier, James McCann, he was pretty decent when he was a White Sox. And that's one of the reasons why the White Sox brought him in, because James McCann was a journeyman before that he came here to the White Sox and then had a pretty good year when he was splitting time with uh, Yasmani Grandal. If we can have that as our catching position, where it's a net zero, just a minimum zero, instead of the worst catching in baseball. You know what I mean? I don't need it to be the top, just minimum. Don't cost us runs and hit a couple of home runs every once in a while. Yeah, and Yasmani just, he didn't have the pop to do that. How many home runs did he end up like finishing? eight? Did he? Yeah, eight. Hey. Yeah. Not bad. I mean, that, that's more the one thing. Corey Again, Lee, like, though. Huh? It's more hits than Corey Lee. And more it's more home than runs than Corey Lee had hits, is what you're saying. Yeah. Is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Five to eight. Um, yeah, 2022, Grandal hit, uh, had an OPS plus of 64 uh, in 2023. 77 so hey you see a you see a 13 point improvement there and i think for a 34 year old who might be playing his last season that's pretty decent I we'll think talk somebody's gonna sign him well we'll talk about it in a second herb You're, i would honestly. not really describe that as decent going to an ad break <laughs> <laughs> well no but commend like, him for getting to the end of the year in relative health i'm saying i will commend him for his work his work ethic but the production 77 okay <laughs> In the very, very, very short view of Yasmani Grandal being 33 and having an OPS of 570, and then the next year having an OPS of 647, that is what, what word did I use that you're offended by? You said pretty decent. Yeah, it's pretty decent for a 34-year-old catcher. It's not pretty decent for anybody. That's why it's on a, on the scale of How many, 100. <laughs> what, what's the average OPS plus for a 34-year-old catcher? I don't know. Good. They don't get 34-year-old Yeah, catches. maybe you shouldn't have one, right? Well, that, that, I didn't sign them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Uh, Want to let you know about our friends over at Goose Island Beer honk, Company. Honk, honk. Let's see. CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. Their beer roster includes the Beer Hug Family, the 312 Wheat Ale, the Full Pocket Pills, and, of course, Oktoberfest, as it's October 17th, and we are coming closer and closer to the 31st, it is Halloween, and what better beer to have at your Halloween party? 
and Goose Island, whether it be Oktoberfest, whether it be 312, whether it be a smattering of brews. If some, if some folks come to the door, check their IDs, tw- if they're true. 21 plus, maybe that goes in their yeah. little uh, jack-o'-lantern thing, yeah. a little trick-or-treat for, uh, for beer, but of course, 21 plus. You got a check little, the ID. It'd be a very nice household. You got a little uh, you know, candy for the, for the kids and right. then the you know, parents. Uh, candy so. for the kids, beer for the folks. There you go. Just avoid cops because you can't walk around with open liquor. Um, grab an ultra-fresh brewery exclusive beer at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown, Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer, and we have a tailgate coming up. This Sunday with Goose Island. There's going to be all you can drink. Uh, Goose Island at our tailgate. We also have uh, all you can eat. Firewater barbecue. So make sure you head over to allchgo.com slash events. Buy your tickets now and come enjoy some of the city's best beer right before the Bears game. Also want to let you know. Ooh. Wait. Why did I just do a Goose Island read? Mm. So I screwed up. It's okay. For the, for the tailgate we're having. Right. You yeah, did a Goose Islandry because they're Chicago's beer since 1988. I did it too early, though. It's supposed to be the sec- second break. Uh, right. Anyways. Just do some flip, flipping and flopping. Just go to Circa. Uh, <laughs> let's let you know about our friends over at Circa. It is the world's largest sports book at your fingertips. Download the app today and try out the fantastic new sports book that is in Illinois. You'll enjoy tight money line splits and a low model hold where games will strive to be a minus one Ted split on the Circa sports menu, unlike other sports book. And we can look now live at the Circa live odds. And they're going to continue to post. Uh, you know, odds for teams to win the series. So right now you can uh, lay minus 500 for the Rangers to win the series. Uh, I don't know if you want to, but if you think the Astros might come back, uh, plus 395 for them. If you think the D-backs, the answer backs can uh, make a comeback in the NLCS, that's plus 315. But if you also want to look towards the World Series, Phillies are currently the favorite at plus 125. They also got Bears lines uh, currently plus three at home versus the Raiders. Will it be Justin Fields? Will it be Tyson Bajan? I don't know. Maybe even Trace McSorley, who was signed. Uh, and the over-under is uh, 37 and a half. It's the lowest posted total of the week. And again, if it's over-under 37 and a half, whether it's over, whether it's under, that is usually it's going to strive to be a minus 110 uh, lay uh, for you uh, at Circa Sportsbook. Uh, so download the app if you haven't already at circasports.com slash Illinois-app. That's circasports.com slash Illinois-app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events like our tailgate, watch parties and tailgates. Uh, if you or some you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. Text GMB 833-234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com. And I think Circa is going to be out tonight at the Bears thing. Uh, we got Carm and Greg uh, out at Wings and Rings. What time is that? Seven? Okay. Greg's over know. there. He can tell you. Greg, what time are you doing your thing? Okay, Greg nope. can't hear us. Oh, good. Oh, all right. Well, he's working. At some point, also that's like Mario. I'm like a jerk. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, at some point, Carm and Greg will be at Wings and Rings, uh, and they'll be interviewing Javon Dexter uh, of the Chicago Bears. Uh, so go check them out with uh, Collector's Cave. Uh, and I do think uh, Circa's gonna be out there as well. Yeah, and I looked up 34-year-old catchers from the White Sox specifically. A.J. Brzezinski, he also hit eight home runs that year when he was 34, but hit 287, 323, 405. We should keep you guys money for next year because if he's going to do like A.J. did, 27 home runs with an OPS plus of 120. So look for a bounce back from Yasmina Grandal if oh. he goes on the AJ Przinsky diet. Okay, so if he if he has the career trajectory of AJ Przinsky, we should sign uh, Yasmina Grandal. Yeah. yeah. Um, what did you? What was your vibe uh, after you spoke with Yasmina Grandal uh, after the season wrapped up? I know we got some quotes here. We we're going to play the video, but he kind of mumbles. Um, there's quotes that I could read for you, but I mean, what was the sense that you got after speaking with Yasmani? I mean. I think it was a guy who was looking back very much what we were just talking about earlier. He was he was happy with what he was able to do from a health standpoint. And, I mean, you know, a lot of these guys don't set individual goals in terms of, I want to hit X home runs. I want to hit X, uh, you know, X hits. I want to have X walks or X RBIs. They don't, they don't do that very much. They set some more um, unquantifiable goals for themselves. And I think every player particularly the ones who have been on this White Sox team for the last few years, value being on the field so much. I brought it up over and over again with Luis Robert Jr., right? A guy who 
went out and put up some phenomenal numbers this season. And the one he cared the most about was the number of games that he played in because he hadn't done that in his, in his career. He hadn't been able to show that he could stay healthy to prove to himself that he is able to, to, to be on the field as long as he was. He, which by the way, this was something that Rick Hahn said over and over again, that the White Sox believed that if these guys would just stay on the field and stay healthy, they would produce. Luis Robert Jr. showed that, um, you know, to go back to Yasmani, he didn't produce, but he was happy with his ability to play in as many games as he did this year. Um, it was a guy who was probably like a lot of people who not only had to play for, but had to sit and watch this White Sox team this year, relieved that uh, a very horrible season was over. Um, but it was a guy also who was kind of already starting to look back on the last four years that he spent here because I don't think anybody expects there to be any any more than that I mean it, it, whether he whether or not this is it it for Yasmani Grandal it's very almost certainly it for Yasmani Grandal as a White Sox and so um you got a little bit of that in there too Yasmani's a guy who didn't talk to us very much he was a guy who uh had a a very um he had a routine that he stuck to very strictly and that usually meant that his time before games was taken up to the minute every single day um and so it, it made him unique in that clubhouse and that you never really saw him at all because he was off doing something and uh you know so if people were going to ask oh what was he like in the clubhouse what was he like with his teammates there weren't those moments of them and I'm sure there were that we weren't privy to but there weren't those long conversations where you know the pitcher and the catcher sit at the locker and get ready for the game that maybe had to take place later or had to take place you know in a smaller amount of time because the stuff that he was doing to make sure that his body was ready was taking up uh, a lot of time and a strict amount of time on a regular basis. So um, it was unique in that we got to hear from him, period, because those group interviews with Yasmani only come about, only came about, rather, uh, three or four times a year. That being said, when they did come about, he was insightful. And I, I especially look back to the 2020 and 2021 seasons when Zoom was still a thing, um, when he would get on those postgame interviews uh, he usually had a lot of interesting stuff to say. And, you know, it was maybe a little bit more regular because it felt it, it, it aligned a little better. It was a little easier if he was able to jump on that Zoom. But um, overall, when he, when he talked, the stuff that he had to say was uh, revealing and uh, in a good way. Yeah, and I think uh, if you would have told us and we would have did a show before the season and said, hey, Yasmina Grandal is going to play around 120 games this year, what do you see as the numbers? I think we would have been flabbergasted at what they actually turned out to be. So yes, he posted and posting is great. And I ask for that all the time, but we can clearly see that he's either on his last legs figuratively and literally, or he was actually hurt like the whole season. And he was playing through pain. Like we've seen many white Sox playing this year. And so yeah, posting matters and it, it's, good for your team and I think the example of Jose Abreu posting and also getting numbers is a good and bad thing for the White Sox because you see that man playing through some things that others wouldn't and then producing the numbers would be as such I think some people are and I hate the term but uh, if you guys need to understand what I'm saying 100 percenters where they need to be as healthy as they can be to perform. And so I don't know necessarily if Yasmani is a hundred percenter, but the numbers say as much, you know, if he's not healthy, he's not going to be driving the ball. I mean, and the catching by itself in the summer probably wears on a person more than any other position. So he wasn't healthy. And then his profession is actually making him even more less healthy. And so the numbers are not going to be there for, continuing on through his career and so the eight home runs is very disappointing but I think now if we look back in uh, reality and saw what all the injuries he did have it kind of makes sense that he only uh, had eight home runs because the power wasn't really there the whole time I remember him dropping the bat so many times on fly balls to the dirt I mean to the uh, warning track I'm like doesn't have it anymore it wasn't you, that you think guy. some team's gonna sign him uh, they're gonna sign him man he's no. a veteran player that poss the, the possibility of him popping off could be better. And I guarantee somebody's going to sign him. He said, I'm going to test it to Vinny in the pool. Uh, I'm going to test the market and see what's out there. I've got two young boys that love baseball, love sports, but don't really like to be away from dad too much. I've got to take that into consideration as well. Once it gets here, 
uh, I'll, uh, I'll sit down and really go through it and think about uh, it and see if it fits. I'll guess we'll go from there and then follow it up. If he was going to play next year, I haven't really thought about it too much. I just wanted to get through this year and see how it went. Quite frankly, aside from 19, I guess this is the first full year I've been able to able to actually stay healthy. Uh, usually when I have a healthy year, the next year is actually pretty good. I found a routine and a workout regimen that fits what I'm trying to do. I'm really seeing uh, where I'm at in the offseason going from there. So, I mean, if he has, founds, finds the fountain of youth, like, you know, and has the ability to bounce back like a 31-year-old catcher, then sure. But I just, I don't have that faith and it'd be great to see him. And it'd be great to see Asmani Grandal have a 35-year-old season like A.J. Perzinski, but I, I just don't. I mean, there's no, there's no magic in that old silk hat. I got. I just wow, we're using say, that on a regular basis. You now. told me to. I did. I like it. What's that uh, from? Frosty the Snowman. Frosty the Snowman. Mm. You're not familiar with I've that one. I've heard it, but I, I've heard of the movie. I've never seen it. The, again, it's in the song. You just need to hear the yeah. song. I, I, once, it, once you start singing, I'm like, I'm out. Because once they put it on his head, he began to dance around. Okay. Yeah, yeah but not a you, what you don't guy. have to worry about, Sean. Yes, Manny doesn't seem like a dancer. Yeah, you never know. He's got little sure. kids. Still, people dance with little kids. Uh, you don't. I, I don't think you need to worry about uh, the old silk hat being put to the test in a White Sox uniform. I mean, that's yeah. going to be. I don't want to say someone else's problem, but someone else's thing to deal with if it's anybody's thing to deal with. I mean, he, he was very. You read the quotes. He was very. He was very noncommittal about whether he's going to be back next year. What position he's going to play? He's not gonna. It doesn't seem like catcher catching's uh, extremely fruitful for a thirty-five-year-old. He wasn't that good at first base and didn't play that much at first base. He doesn't really hit. Right, that would be the problem for me if I was a, a, a general manager. I mean, maybe he gets a spring training invite, but yeah, which is fine. Yeah. People have done a lot with that before. <laughs> you think? Training down in Miami, I know. He can get a job somewhere. The one Marlins of, do like their veterans. Yeah, one team, like the <laughs> Pirates or some other team that just needs to fill out a, a minimum of the MLB. It's like, oh, let's go to MLB veteran Yasmani Grandal, yeah. see what he gives us, and then we'll flip him at trade deadline if he is the old Yasmani. You don't think the A's would throw a couple million oh, dollars God. Yasmani's way? Why would he go to the A's? Because they would he give is, him a couple million dollars. He has made $100 million in his career. I think it's a good time to retire. Viva, yes. viva Yaz Vegas. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, no. Just just retire. Go enjoy your kids. But also, like, this is a thing. Like, they got to find an outlet that is either equal or surpasses what's going on in their baseball career. They just can't just quit baseball and just like, hmm, I'm just going to stay at home with the kids, which is cool. I mean, Admirable, some people can. But I don't think, you know, an intense athlete like him is just going to be like, you know what? I'm good. No more com- competing for me. I'm just going to sit back, relax, enjoy the kids. And when spring training comes, he's like, hey, man, goddamn, that itch is coming again. I need to play baseball again. It's going to be hard to give up. And he's only, what, 35? It's young. Uh, he's 30, yeah, going to be 35 in November. I think Herb means young in life. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Well, no, yeah, that makes me think of the one tweet. It's like uh, me, a 32-year-old man, and it's like baseball announcer. And he's 32 years old, the walking miracle in baseball. And it's like that's what announcers are doing to Evan Longoria right now because uh, he's 35. Anyways, um, let's take a quick break, uh, and then we'll get a little bit into if you guys Monte Grandal isn't going to be here. Who is? Who will be? Mm-hmm. Um, let's let you know about uh, how I started my morning. Uh, I started my morning today with our new friends over at Hero Bread. Um, I started using Hero Bread because they sent us some, and I tried it. There you and go. It was very good. Um, I tried the uh, seeded bread, uh, and I had a little bit of avocado toast, all right? Uh, toasted very normally like bread. It was all of the bread experiences, um, but it's just lower in net carbs, uh, lower in sugar, uh, higher in fiber, uh, and each slice was delicious and toasted exactly like bread it's exactly like bread would you describe it as heroic would you describe it as bready oh yeah yeah oh it's very bready well, there it you very, go. it's it's soft like bread sure um it's squishy like bread those are two things that mean almost the same thing it's but gra- sure it's grainy yeah. like bread there you go it's, it's, it's fluffy it's delicious. It's incredible. I like. I really like the texture. Uh, again, I got the the seeded one, um, which I don't know if it's everyone's bag, but there's a ton of different uh, kinds of the Hero Bread out there. Um, and use code CHGO when you go over to uh, HeroBread.com um, or Hero.com, Hero.com to save 10% today. Um, this is the first time doing the read. Bear with me. Um, 
but I really like the texture. Like, obviously, you got the nice toasted texture, but the actual seeded texture uh, was very nice, especially with an avocado toast. Uh, you know, smear avocado toast, smashed it down, put a little salt, put a little pepper, had a wow. little bacon on top of it. It was very wow. nice. Yeah, I, I, I took yeah. a very cool You got to add sriracha to your uh, avocado toast. Mm, a huge sriracha so, person. I also heard like there's a shortage of sriracha. Oh, I, yeah, I'm well aware of that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. It takes forever for me to get sriracha. Isn't it sriracha? Is there another R there in There are two R's, but yeah. Yeah. Sriracha. Sriracha. Oh, I don't know. But don't know. you can just get sambal leek, which is like a, a hot above sriracha. But also, I had a hero bread, but they gave me the uh, flour tortillas. You like it? Oh, oh my god! I thought it was gonna be like some like cardboard because you know when I see healthy stuff or stuff that's you know with zero net carbs as a type two diabetic, I need this stuff. Uh, I'm like, eh, it's gonna taste like grain. No, tastes exactly. You wouldn't know that it had all these dietary fiber inside of it and very li- little net carbs. It tastes exactly like a flour tortilla taste. Soft. Pillowy had some uh, some nice uh, chicken bites in there, delicious. Look at you! I, Got I, one at the crib still. It says Hero makes sliced breads, buns, and tortillas that are available on Hero.co and Amazon right now. Hero Bread is offering CHGO uh, ten the CHGO fam ten uh, percent off their first order. Just go to Hero.co and use our code CHGO to save on Hero Bread today. That's H E R O dot co to save ten percent today. Um, whether you're a you know. Type 2 diabetic like her, you're, you're watching the sugars. Or if you're just trying to so add a delicious twist to your bread or your bread in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I'm not a natural. Fancy your avocado toast. I'm not a natural salesperson. You put eggs in it? You can. Okay. That um, Doesn't that make it a breakfast sandwich at that point? I mean, pretty much it is a breakfast sandwich. But it, usually it's uh, the avocado toast is like it's open-faced. It's, it's like, like a piece a of toast. Sandwich, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been, I like just jelly on toast. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. But I've I've gone I've moved. The last time I went to go get some jelly at the Jewels, mm-hmm. I went with a strawberry preserves instead. Mm-hmm. That's very good on the toast. Do you don't, yeah. do you not put butter on the toast before you put the jelly? No jelly only. Mm. I like uh, I, I, I like I like butter. Yeah, butter. Butter and jelly. Yeah, oh, you yes. butter the bread. So then it's softer. Then that jelly and then just slide right off of it. No, there. like what? you got to get the butter that melts immediately on the bread. And then, yes, I know what you mean. So it looks weird and it's got the butter underneath. You, no. The idea would be to make the jelly as spreadable as possible. If you put a layer of butter down, it's like trying to spread jelly on ice. <laughs> I don't think you've tried this. Jelly on ice. I think I want you to try this tomorrow. <laughs> Go toast some bread. Wow. Put some butter on it. Uh, then try, I'll have to try to try to maneuver. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of people have figured it out. It's going to be a real. Difficult I don't like one. my chances. And it's like threading a needle, <laughs> and putting buttering bread. Um, Want to let you know about our friends over at Ray Chevy. Are you in the market for a new or used vehicle? If you are, then we have some great news because Ray Chevy in Fox Lake is a part of the CHGO team. They let us know about their pledge, the Ray Price Promise. Not Ray Price's promise. Ray to note. Price promise the guarantee that the price you see online is the price you pay when you go into the dealership and they found in many cases other dealers they'll raise the price on you when you come into the dealership asking things like are you a recent college grad no are you active in the military no i'm not wow herb is uh, herb is irritated by this line of questioning herb are you a farmer <sighs> no well of course he's irritated because he just thought that it was the price he saw online and you know since he answered no to all those questions that's when other dealers will raise the price on you saying the price online included limited rebates that you do not qualify for but at ray that's not the case uh the price you see online is the price you pay with no add-ons to the price ever and in fact ray will do everything possible to find additional savings for you which may make the price even lower than you see online as one of the top selling dealers in the midwest you'll always be able to shop one of chicagoland's largest inventories and right now you can save big at ray chevy during their truck or treat savings event truck or treat because zero (laughs) percent is back and now available on new silverado trucks the perfect tailgating vehicle so come on into ray chevrolet in fox lake and find the vehicle you've been searching for uh I guess I should have read that in a different cadence. Find the vehicle you've been searching for. Best of all, pay zero hidden fees and the Ray Price Promise. Uh, visit Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com. Serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. And finally, want to let you know about our friends over at FOCO. Uh, we got no FOCO stuff on the table right now, but they're behind us uh, smattering the little ledge there. We got the TA one. A red line bobblehead. 
a Redline TA, uh, 35th and Shields bobblehead, the uh, Southpaw bobblehead back there as well, the Vinny uh, special. Uh, go check out our friends over at FOCO. They donated uh, some lovely set decorations for our shows, uh, not only for the Sox, but the Cubs, Blackhawks, Bulls. Uh, get fitted in the best sports gear around over at FOCO.com. That's F-O-C-O.com or click the link in the description below for online pre-sale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. You get hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, Everything in between, like uh, those crazy Cubs uh, overalls that look like a Cubs uniform. You also got like the uh, no, I don't. I don't want them. It's okay. I don't. I don't need the Cubs. You can put them on we're if gonna, you want. We're gonna burn it's them. your life, Lawrence. There are no socks no. overalls. I, I mean, they have them, but not here. Oh, they have them. Do yes. They? Yeah. There you go. Well, go I mean, get yourself some socks. I overalls. saw our I know Philly you. people with their overalls from. Does that mean we have them? Though? I'm sh- Do we as CHGO no, have them? The, no, the white socks. I'm sure I wore, the White Sox have them. All right. Well, Maybe they just sell big socks. Big socks. Like, yeah. oh, like you just like a, a sleeping bag, basically, but it's a sock. Oh, the yeah. Dude, making things up. Advertise this. Advertise this. You pitch this to the FOCO folks. I don't know. I don't know who would buy it. I don't think anyone would want a giant sock to sleep in. Um, anyways, uh, go check out FOCO. Uh, they do have a ton. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they got, I see the Yankees. I see the Brewers. Uh, but F-O-C-O and use promo code C-H-G-O uh, for 10% shopping. off. Yeah, no, there's no white Sarah went ones. to FOCO and she's doing some shopping. They got the pinstripe Cubs ones. They have like the cutest little Halloween no things on there too. Ones. Oh my God. Um, but anyways, I don't know if there's a huge collaring. I don't know if White Sox fans are... Big overall fans. I don't know mm. if there's enough. That's a good point. Crossover a good uh, point. there, right? Yeah, usually shirtless, as as Lauren said. All right, uh, let's jump into Corey Lee uh, and, and and Carlos Perez as well. Is Corey Lee going to be on the opening day roster? Because I, I, I would think so. Pedro was. You asked Pedro in the sit down interview, right? Yeah, yeah. I talked to Pedro, so yeah. We he Pedro was very, very impressed with Corey Lee. I think Pedro. Remember, he's a guy with a, a big catching background. Why do not we advertise the Yoan Moncada uh, Game of Thrones bobblehead? I don't know, but Sarah immediately exited out of it. <laughs> so I didn't realize you guys were. I was, I was being at very distracted. Yeah. I'm trying to talk about Corey Lee, and I'm just. <laughs> I doing know. Some I was Christmas shopping there. You're a big uh, GOT fan? I've, uh, no, I've seen the first like couple episodes, and I was like, meh. It's very sad. Yeah. I need Weird, a little bit dude. more jokes in my, my right. stuff. <laughs> anyway, um, Corey, Corey Lee. Uh, yeah, I think he'll be on the team next year. Pedro was very impressed kind of with the ability to act like a catcher that Corey Lee has, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. The kind of personality and mindset and, and the way you are with your teammates, all those things, the handling of a pitching staff side of it, that – Corey Lee is getting really high marks for, and I think it'll only continue to get better because it appears from, you know, a personality standpoint that he has the ability to succeed in that type of role. It's can he produce to stay at the major league level? Can he continue to improve his defense to to be the kind of guy that can be depended on? He's got such a small sample size in the major leagues that, you know, you uh, – lost all the oxygen in your body over the five hits that he had when I brought it up the other day. But uh, it is it is very uh, true that it it was a small sample size. So (laughs) I am unsure right now, though, whether he would be given the keys to the number one job and say, hey, take your time as in a developmental season is becoming the major league catcher we think you can be. Or if they say we're going to go out and get a veteran guy who can top the depth chart. But stick around, keep learning, and, and maybe you'll be a guy uh, in the future. I don't think they have any plans on him going anywhere. Um, you know, they traded for this guy. It's a guy they wanted to bring in, in their organization. And while not the highly rated prospect that Edgar Caro is, I mean, remember, that guy's one of the highest rated prospects in baseball. Corey Lee's still well thought of, right? And so I think that um, if their future catching tandem is Caro and Lee, that's probably in their mind a good thing. But neither of those guys is exactly ready for prime time yet they could take the chance on letting Lee get to that point as a major leaguer and go through the growing pains as a major leaguer um, while kind of waiting for Caro, so to speak. But um, we'll see what direction they want to go in. We keep talking about the moves that they might or might not make. Obviously, Salvi Perez is a catcher. But, um, you know, if they go the veteran route for a guy who can be a number one guy, Maybe that helps them get closer to being a competitive team next year, depending on what all the other moves around the diamond entail. Uh, early in the offseason, or early in the season, rather, Herb, you and I were looking ahead to the 
potential free agents, and there's a guy who's playing in the ALCS right now who's going to be on that free agent list uh, in Martin Maldonado, who, uh, well, John is really because he might win a World Series for the second year in a row. That's great. I mean, <laughs> that's more because of the other 25 players on the damn team. There's another guy, though, also in that same series that I'm more eyeing, and he's played in the Sale Central also. And so it's Mitch Garver would be more the guy I'm looking for than than uh, Martin Maldonado. But I'm not going to poo-poo Martin Maldonado after I said what catching is. Martin Maldonado does just anecdotally before you look up the numbers. And you can look up the numbers, Sean. He does exactly what I think he is. He's a plus catcher at the position of catcher. Pitchers and then he, love him. Yeah, and he can hit every once in a while. He's not a great hitter, but he can hit every once in a while. That's all I want. Like, for catchers, I want you to be catcher first, hitter second. It's the only position I would uh, say that for as the position player. And I think that Corey Lee, for the stuff that he does, uh, just outside view, looking at him, looks like he's a leader. He looks like he took control and reins of that team, especially when he was on the mound and, um, you know, going to for talk to the pitcher. Looked like he took the reins as a rookie, not meeting these people beforehand and just like pretty much saying, hey, I'm in control. I'm, I'm the leader today. And that's what you have to be. And if he can hit anything goodness gracious only five hits sean what is his average below 100 uh, uh it was 0. 0.077 i'm not ask, asking for him to crush i'm asking for him to get above the mendoza line that's it and it looked like his pop time was good he was throwing out hit, uh, runners from time to time yeah he could be a nice backup until he catches up to speed and maybe the bat is never going to come there but a ba- as a backup I'll take Corey Lee next year for the White Sox backup if they get a catcher of Martin Maldonado or Mitch Garver's ilk. Gary Sanchez a little less because he's just bat only for the most part for me now. But I would mostly go with a veteran catcher that's going to actually help you out with Corey Lee being the backup. If Gary Sanchez is coming with Blake Snell, let's go. Um, but I don't yeah. think that's happening. <laughs> yeah, if that's uh-huh. a package deal, yes, I'm in. Uh, just to focus on Corey Lee before we get into Martin Maldonado and Mitch Garver. Um, <laughs> I know you're poo-pooing these guys. Yes, I, did, I, I didn't understand. say anything. I, I am, just Oh, you said poo-pooed Martin names. Maldonado before. I did, par- I, and you'll hear why I poo-pooed <laughs> Martin Maldonado. Uh, Corey Lee, barrel percentage in 2023, 4.4. Major mm. League average, 6.9. Uh, average exit velocity, 85.3. MLB average, uh, 88.4. Uh, average average uh, MLB uh, expected weighted on base average uh, 315 Corey Lee's was 238 mm-hmm. uh, so not good uh, the one thing that I will give Corey Lee credit for he did walk on a team that just never walked uh, 71 7.1 percent which was a lot for I think a White Sox uh, with a walk rate around seven, and remember seven. small sample size too so if he plays in a whole year he could have as many as 30 hits that's true hey look at that I mean you know that I was mean, a joke that was a math joke people I wonder yeah. I could do that math maybe um but well he played for a month five times six is 30 oh that's good math yeah okay you. I got you okay <laughs> there you go um, all right a human calculator over there uh so we got some Corley uh stat cast uh stuff for catching as well uh 61 percentile in blocks above average so 50 would be average so um he had a i guess value of two in that uh caught stealing above average uh 44 that was negative one uh but with a pop time that was 81 percentile 1.91 seconds and uh didn't grade out as a framer but i guess it said negative one um you look at the caught stealing above average and the great pop time He's probably just getting screwed over by the pitchers and by those by those well, and, metrics. And he's you'd, just you'd starting assume. out too. I mean, you know, we always hear about guys getting used to the speed of the major league game. Speed that's literally the speed of the major league game right there. So I mean, you know, I, I don't think that that one month is representative of finished product Corey Lee by any stretch of the imagination. It's more about what, again, the overarching question of the offseason, what are the White Sox trying to do next year? If they're trying to win, I would think you would want a starting catcher that isn't Corey Lee yes. next year. Yes. If you're shooting for 2025, I think your objective should be to get Corey Lee as good as you can get him by 2025, right? In which case, give him the majority of the playing time, right? If it's 2025, I'm waiting for Ed- Edgar Caro. M- maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's 20 years old. Yeah. He still is 20 years old. <laughs> I mean, what do you expect from the catcher position? I mean, we're not doing like the actual, like, let's yeah. dive in. So if you don't have a, a name, but is it... Is it Martin Maldonado? Is it Mitch Garver? Is it anyone to to, to fill that role? Expecting, like, is it a one-year deal? This. Salvador Perez. 
that's who they're going to get. That's I don't want that. But Martin Sal- Maldonado would be much cheaper than Salvi Perez, and that's I think true. better for the team too. Overall, you would have a better team with Martin Maldonado than Salvador Perez. Multiple factors: the money you're giving to the two people, so you can go and spend it other places. I think Martin Maldonado will give you. I don't know, just as good, but he'll give you fine catching back there, Did and much Carlos? better, much better catcher than Sal- Salvador Perez is. Do you see Carlos Correa after the Twins got eliminated? They were asking him what what what's with the offense. You guys were you guys were doing well, and now the offense went nowhere. And he said it was Martin Maldonado calling the games, mm. saying he he's he studied he knows every hitter every which way. That it, that's who again. That's his former teammate, so it makes sense that he would know how he operates. But that's the first person he mentioned is not just first person. That's the reason he gave as to why the Twins' offense didn't perform up to snuff in that series against the Astros. Why are they down two nothing against the Rangers? The Rangers, the Rangers just, are better. Mm. Golly, yeah, the Rangers <laughs> can hit the ball. Goodness gracious! I just like hearing that the Twins suck. Um, yeah, the one thing with Maldonado, and I get it, the defense is there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, one of the better or if not like the premier game planning catchers out there, one probably is invaluable to Houston. Yeah. So if, if he's going to, if yeah, he's right. going to play in 2024, <laughs> I would be surprised if it's not for Houston, but also the past three years, an OPS plus of 64 in over 1200 plate appearances. Not good. Yeah. Uh, over a thousand at bats. He's got a batting average of 183 uh, on base percentage of 260 slugging percentage of 333 uh, OPS under 600. Not good. And uh, when you're the Astros, you can afford to have one guy who does that. When you're, right. the, when you're the White Sox, you need offense from every, every which way. What's his overall war, war in those times? Does the, the glove override the terrible bat? Yeah. No, is it just average? Is it just a he in the past three seasons in three hundred and fifty four games, point six war. That's B war. Let me get let me let me go let me war, rush to will. fan let me rush to fan graphs. I mean, as I said before, I that's all I need. That's what? A, just a, a catcher that doesn't cost you. That seems exactly what that is. He just a league average catcher, but as we see from his teammates. He brings so much more than just the numbers that are raw. Yeah, uh, worth negative point six f war in the past three years. Wow, so he's worse at four than he is at war. Yes, negative, worth it. Worse at four. Negative point six, so it's they even each other out. <laughs> Perfect <They're> zero. zero. <laughs> sure, <laughs> he's at zero. So he's he's got over, as much as the three of us. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, <laughs> he's better than Corey Lee. All right, Corey Lee was negative point seven. So only a, in a month, for, only a month. Yeah. <laughs> that hitting Not, was just terrible. His OPS was negative 22. His OPS plus was negative 22. That's uh. horrible. Those walks helped him out a little bit, but not that much. Yeah, not not good. Um, you you mentioned waiting for Caro. Yeah. Reminded me of waiting for Guffman or good waiting movie. for Godot. Um, uh, if you want to flash the uh, Edgar Caro stats here, Sarah, uh, 31 games for Edgar Caro since he became a White Sock. He's uh, coming coming down trade. from the ceiling too. I don't, I don't I didn't know what to do. We just had that one photo of him, so I was like, uh, it should have been in all smattering. four corners. Yeah, it could have. That's um, what we do with the Dell metrics. We just put their faces all over the graphic. There you go. Uh, our, our Wunderkin, uh, Edgar Caro. Uh, these are his stats with Double uh, A Birmingham. 31 games, 134 plate appearances, 31 hits, four doubles, three homers, 277 average, 330 or 366 on base Baby. percentage, and a 393 slugging. Uh, the one thing that did stick out to me was obviously the the power uh, or lack of power there with a sub uh, 400 slugging percentage, and I do wonder how much of that was based on. Uh, Birmingham's actual ballpark, home ballpark. Uh, so I am going to try to figure that out. Uh, but like, is 2024 too soon for the 81st prospect in baseball to be uh, like, do we see Edgar Carroll being an, an August call up, a September call up if, you know, this is a team that's not competitive in 2024? I would be surprised just because that man can't drink yet. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that's a requirement to be called up, but that's just to hammer it home. Uh, he's he's a young guy, and uh, I think you know what's the what's the hurt in letting him develop? I mean, you, you just showed it right there. Only uh, 31 games uh, with Birmingham. That's the entirety of his Double A experience with the White Sox. Why not give him a few more, right? And then send him up to to, to Charlotte, and then give him a full season at Charlotte. Why not? I mean, it's. Again, it does depend on what 
this White Sox team is going to do. But at the same time, White Sox fans are constantly wondering why is the why are the minor leagues not not up to snuff? Why are they not con- contributing the way they should on a rolling basis? We remember Rick Hahn talking about how just as much as producing a long-term contender at the major league level, he wanted to get the farm system uh, in a state where it could constantly be replenishing that big league roster. It's not there. So why not not just look to next year and say it's okay if there's a guy that comes up in 2025 or 2026? Because guess what? The White Sox want to be good then too. And Edgar Caro is a big part of the future, you would imagine. Um, let the guy let the guy develop. If he continues to develop at the rate he's at, I'm sure he's one of the youngest players in Double A, or he was when uh, the White Sox acquired him, at least. Uh, then good for him. Maybe he can be the, the the guy who flies through the system. But he's a catcher. Let him learn. Let him get that knowledge base, and let him come up and show people her like you said the same things that Corey Lee impressed with when he came up oh that guy knows what he's doing in terms of handling a pitching staff that guy can jump right in and impress you with the way he's acting let Edgar Caro do that too and maybe it takes him a little bit more time remember Corey Lee played in college he was 20 by the time he joined a pro organization so um let 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 Edgar Caro uh, take his time to to develop because I think you want if you're a White Sox fan you want their prospect of success in 25 and 26 and beyond to be just as much just as good as you want their prospect for success next year to be according to baseball reference he is three and a half years younger than the average double a player and so he's very young and i would say the same Vinny. i would want him to do a full year down in birmingham if he's good put him up to charlotte do whatever you need to do but never see him in 2024 for the white sox major league club just because he's so young and yes he is over a thousand at bats in the minor leagues, but why not fifteen hundred? Why not just exhaust as many options you have for this young player down there? As I said with Oscar Colas, let him just knock the door down instead of giving him a promotion just because you have an open spot there. Say, okay, we're gonna go and get another catcher, a veteran catcher, and sign him for however many years. One, two, three. And if you prove to us through your work down in double A AA and triple A that you're ready for major league baseball cool we'll send you up here but we're not giving you a job there's not an open spot like there was for uh, Oscar Colas for him to compete in, at the uh, uh, major league level you have to prove it to us that you are worthy of this spot and that we're not going to send you back down after we bring you up here so yeah let him go all 2024 down in the minors and in 2025 to start the year until he proves otherwise that he is ready to be the guy and in 2025 what he'll be 22 baby <laughs> yeah uh april 6th is his birthday so I, I mean i don't even think opening day 2024 will happen and i don't think he'll be 21 yet can't even drink um, that's amazing so uh just to Sorry. hammer more home about how young this kid is uh for and, and real quick because i brought up the away home splits uh 14 away games three extra base hits in those away games 17 home games four extra base hits in those games so basically about the same um my favorite stat on baseball reference, especially for minor leaguers, is their plate appearances against older pitchers. Edgar Caro has had 17 plate appearances against younger pitchers. He's How had, is it that many? Huh? How is it that Probably many? Probably one guy. <laughs> well, when you're in, like, rookie ball. Oh, okay. Um, oh, this is career. Yeah, this gotcha. is career. In his past three seasons, he's had 1,126 plate appearances. So only 17 of them. He's had 11,000 uh, more, 1,100 uh, plate appearances against older uh, pitchers in his, in his three uh, years of professional baseball. He's learning quick. He is learning quick, and he's very good, too. Uh, if you want to flash the next stat graphic here, uh, this is from R.M. Layton, and uh, I don't know if I've, I've shared this or not on the, the podcast yet, but highest OPS by a teenage prospect since 2010 who had at least 400 plate appearances. 2017, Bo Bichette uh, had the Most highest... feared bounty hunter in the galaxy. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, credit everyone for his Boba Fett That's joke. an oldie but a goodie. Um <laughs> Uh, so 2017 Boba Shett, uh in A-ball and Advanced Day, uh, 988 OPS. Edgar Caro in 2022 with the Angels, 965 in A-ball. 2023 Samuel Basalo, I don't know that player, uh, 953 OPS. 2013 Byron Buxton, 944 OPS. 2023 Jackson Holiday, 941 OPS. 2010 Will Myers, 934 OPS. And 2010 Mike Trout, uh, OPS in 918. So uh, 
pretty good names on there outside of the ones from 2023, like Holiday and Basalo that we don't know yet. But all the rest of the all the rest of the major leaguers there have done damage in the major leagues. Like Will Myers won the Rookie of the Year, was still solid with the Padres a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, all those players. If Edgar Carroll can be a shadow of any of those major league players, mercy. Goodness gracious! In twenty, especially considering one of them is Mike Trout. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be that'd be pretty cool. What if he's a what if he's like Mike Count, uh, Mike Mike Trout, but ca- a catcher? Mm. You know, that'd be cool. I mean, it's over. That it's was over. a good one too. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. The White Sox uh, are trade him. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> anything else we need to add to the catchers? We'll see. It's about four thirty-six, so we've been live for an hour. So you're welcome, Kavan. Even though we we're late, we still gave you an hour of Chicago White Sox talk. Uh, <laughs> that's Vinny Duber. If you still need a fixing, he's got an article up at allchgo.com. Uh, some coaching staff changes: uh, Daryl Boston, uh, Kurt Hassler, Chris Johnson, uh, Jorge Castro, to name a few. Jose Castro. Yeah. Jose Castro. If I can actually name him properly, uh, go read up uh, on what Vinny had to write at allchgo.com about Chris Getz's uh, first move as uh, general manager, uh, and that's Herb Lawrence. I just read that uh, Edgar Carroll from the same hometown as Yoan Moncada. Cien Fuegos. Yes. Bad one. And, and Jose Abreu played for Cien Fuegos. What is it? CN is 100, 100 right? Yeah. 100 so, hot. Under, yeah. Right? Yeah. Pretty hot. Uh, that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Acronwell23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We will talk to you tomorrow at 3.30 p.m. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Oh, silly like the mayor.